Whatever you are wearing right now, Mac Weldon is better. Guess what I'm wearing? Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon underwear. So it's a moot point. That's a paradox. But uh, Mac Weldon, of course, is a premium men's essential brand, and they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and yep. simple shopping. That's right. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well. They've got what I'm wearing right now, which is a line of silver underwear, which are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They're the perfect underwear for the gym. Uh, they also have T-shirts that are made from the silver line. And the best part is if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They still refund you, no questions asked. What a deal. For 20% off of your first order, go to MacWeldon.com and enter promo code HOMO at checkout. Listen, true crime podcasts. Can't get enough. Nothing better. I'm telling you. Problem is I've, I've listened to them all. I oh, run out. Oh, no, you haven't. There's a brand new one. <gasps> Let me tell you about it. It's called Murderville, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yep. A single mom is murdered at the local Taco Bell in a small southern town, leading cops and investigators and residents to be shocked. This is a six-episode series from The Intercept, in which investigative reporters uncover what happens when rural law enforcement and state investigators lock up their first suspect while another man is free to kill. <gasps> Binge listen to the entire first season of Murderville GA, now on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash murderville and use promo code homophilia and you'll get a free month of Stitcher Premium. Oh, hey, Matt. Dave, Dave, Dave. How are you? I'm really good. Good. Um, it's the holidays. Yeah. You're going to be going home? I'm going to St. Louis, Missouri. To St. Louis. And because of the way that it shakes out travel-wise, I have one brother traveling early, one brother traveling later, and taking my mom. So there's going to be like a three-day chunk in the middle of my trip home to St. Louis where I'm going to be alone wow. in my hometown, in my mother's house. Does your mom Alone. live in your childhood home? No. Okay. No. She and my dad moved into a condo maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, it's still like big, but it's it's like a gated community where it's, you know, older-ish suburban white people. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to escape that and try to get into the city and find my, find my bohemian St. Louis. Yes. Find, you know, kind of explore what I, to the degree that a, a gay St. Louis exists, explore it a little bit. Are you really going to get to be the big man on campus? I, well, I mean, I better get to work. I only got three days, but I'm going to make, you count. can get a lot done in three days. That's the plan. Uh, you're staying here. I'm staying here. My mom's coming to visit. I love that. Um, and very excited to see her. We're going to see Wicked. Oh, of course you are. Um, and there's still like a week. There's a little bit of time that's up in the air. We might, Michael and I might like do something close. Yeah. Um, but nice. No, no exciting plans. Yeah. Did I? Okay. I'll tell the quickest version of the story. Uh, have I told you about seeing Wicked with my parents? No. Okay. So there, for whatever reason, there is a rule that my mother has that like if it's if it's fanciful in any way, she just doesn't want to see it. Like if, if it requires the use of imagination, if there are, if you can fly, if there are elves and wizards and shit. She's out. She's out. And she'll say it over and over again. So if I can't believe it, I don't want to see it, she'll say, right? So, and, but that rule is, is obviously, it's flexible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever. Col you can see like 
um, the fact that people always have perfect hair and makeup, right. like, is like that's we can believe that. That's the level of uh, suspension of disbelief. You yeah, do. yeah. Like, I remember at the end of Cold Mountain being like, "We believe that this is what Nicole Kidman looks like defending her <laughs> homestead in oh, like right. perfect hair and a yeah. and a long Chanel coat." Um, but anyway, so the, so they came to visit, and uh, and we would always when this is when I lived in New York, we would always go and see a show. And uh, so the big show toward the end of my stint in uh, in New York was Wicked. And so I was like, why don't we get tickets to Wicked? And I was like, well, it is the prequel to The Wizard of Oz. So strong chance you're not going to love it. I'm so, sorry, does your mom not like The Wizard of Oz? No, can't believe Oof. it. There's no wizards. There's no flying houses that land on people. There's no scarecrows that move around. That kind of thing. Wow. Like took my nieces and nephews huh. to see the, the first Harry Potter movie. And at the end, she, she was, I was like, what, what did you think? Pathetic. Can't ha- it can't happen? It's like all right, and I don't, it can't happen. And I don't think that by going and seeing the movie, you are casting a vote that it can happen. It's yeah. just you're using your imagination, right? So, wow. so I was like, I I would steer you towards something else because this is the origin story to the to the Wicked Witch of the West. And she was like, uh huh, and I could tell she wasn't listening. And then uh, and then she was like, well, we got tickets to Wicked, and I was like, okay, again, you are going to be seeing how the Wicked Witch of the West becomes the Wicked Witch of the West. She's like, okay. And uh, so then we we meet, we go and we see the show. And uh, and at the at intermission, I was like, so what do you think? What do you think of Wicked? And she goes, Well, I, I think it's very predictable. And then I said, Okay, what do you mean by that? And she said, Well, we all know I, ne- I will never forget the way that she worded it. We all know she's gonna come out of the green and then she'll be beautiful. Oh, wow. And I said, actually, that is not at all what's going to happen. (laughs) What is going to happen is what I'm now telling you for the third time, which is that she will become the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. Right. That's wicked. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. And I I, I was like, look look on the cover of this playbill. Do you see the witch hat and the green face? That is, she's going to become the Wicked Witch of the West. And she went, oh. And I was like, well, mom, I really did tell you this a lot of times. You know, so just this, this one's kind of on you. And there was a pause and she said, well, you do say such dippy things sometimes. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. All right. Well, dippy okay. is dippy. such a great adjective. It's of a hers. perfect adjective. Perfect adjective. Wow. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. Um, your thoughts on Dumplin? <sighs> Speaking of dippy. Did you not care for it? I'm still unpacking my feelings around this film. Oh my God. Are you, and, are you feuding you know, with Jennifer Aniston? No, God, no. Dave, okay. no, no okay, never. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And look, and she is, she, she's, she's, she's perfect in it. And she's doing the best that she can do given uh-huh. the circumstances. Did you okay. watch? I watched the first half hour. You I was delighted. You through any more than that? Well, no, I just wanted to have seen some of it oh, before okay. I, I faced you. Um, I was happy to see Molly McNearney doing, uh, doing some comedy acting. Who's that? She uh, she is an old friend of mine who is who is married to Jimmy Kimmel, and oh, yeah. she is uh, she's like the other beauty queen at the beginning. Oh, she's who's hosting great. the pageant. She's so funny. Yes, she's really funny, and she's been she's been a writer for Kimmel for a long time. She was an improv person with me, and is a very funny performer. And it's nice to see that. Yeah, she's super funny in it. She's yeah, she's very funny. And Jen um, is great, and the, and Danielle McDonald is is so winning. Yeah, you know, it's I think it's I think that the the problem is the stakes could not have been any, not the stakes, but the anticipation could not have been any higher for me. Oh, of course not. Dolly. And I love Jennifer. Dolly, all of it. It's a, it's a, it was a perfect formula. And okay. you know, I, yeah. 
Uh, it hurts me to see you like this. It's a really complicated time. Let's just keep it moving. Okay. The good news is yeah. we have an incredible supersized episode of the we show today. Really do. Sometimes the time just gets away from us. Yeah. And uh, you'll understand why once yeah. you hear this going. You know Tom Link from everything, from stage and screen, mm-hmm. uh, all the way, uh, uh, classically in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. And a million other things. Currently playing Tilda Swinton in Tilda Swinton Answers a Craigslist ad or something like that. Yep. Uh, which is very, very funny. Um, he is a dream. And we're going to talk to him for a long time. Yes. Oh, Dave, you and that hair. Matt. It inspires me and also enrages me. It's you? so full and, and Kennedy-esque. And here's the thing. Oh, 66% Matt. of men lose their hair by age 35. I'm nowhere close to 35, but I'm scared about what's going to happen when I get there. Your hair is full and delicious. It doesn't matter because the good news is baldness is optional thanks to forhims.com, which mm-hmm. is a one-stop shop for hair loss and skincare and sexual wellness for men. Here's how it works. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. It's not snake oil pills, it's not gas station counter supplements. You're not gonna get all jacked up on some kind of something with guarana or no. whatever. In it. No. You're just gonna go to forhims.com, answer a few quick questions, doctor reviews it, uh, they prescribe it for you, and products are shipped directly to your door. Mm-hmm. And our listeners are getting a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today while supplies last. Oh, I'm gonna need all those details. So I'm gonna go to the websites. The websites. You know, their websites. Yeah. Uh, this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or the pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash homo. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash homo. Forhims.com slash homo. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with Tom Lank. Hello. How are Hi. You? Tom. Hi. We need to talk about your dog. You've got a very, very special friend. Oh, boy. Is that going to alienate your listeners? Not at no. all. I, my dog is here every week. You listen to every episode of the show. I don't do. You? No, actually, um, I do. I'm not a podcast person because I drive in my car in silence. Oh, what? I don't know why I like it so much. I think I've created a meditative space, but I get all my like thinking and thoughts and imagining yeah, things yeah. for the day yeah. in my car. Uh, but I find that I'm sort of alone in that. Not yeah. many people oh, yeah. do that in LA. Everyone's no, trying true. to get away from their own thoughts yeah. and you're trying to be yes. with People them. are afraid to be with their thoughts. And I sometimes I think people listen to too many podcasts sure. and they just want to have other people's thoughts in their head and not their own. So I, I like to take time to reflect. But wow. that being said, um, I that I don't listen to podcasts. I do. I have listened to yours before because okay. my friend Marcello, who's an avid listener who you met, yes, uh, uh, kept braving about it. I'm like, you know what? I need to. I need to give it a whirl. Shout out Good. to Marcello. Thanks, yeah. Marcello. Um, okay, so can we talk backstories? On both, yeah. both me and Dave. Personal backstories and Personal histories. Personal backstories. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you just before we started, you and Dave last saw each other when and where? Well, I think the first time we saw each other. Well, I had, I think, I wasn't sure I had, I had met you before, or if I just was a fan of your work and oh, your presence in uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was on a date in San Francisco. That it was Sketchfest. Yes, it was. Which I'll be there in uh, in January. If your listeners want to come and see me as Tilda Swinton at Sketchfest. Oh, oh yay! Um, 
But I was on a date, and we'd already shacked up. It was like reverse. I like to do reverse date. Sure. Where you Not uncommon. Fuck first, basically. Yeah, you yeah. hook up via uh, an app. Uh-huh. uh-huh. A friendly app, and sure. then have the, the date after. Yeah. Um, and you were sitting next to me, and I was like, I am mortified that I'm having classic first date dialogue in uh-huh. front of you. Because, you know, if you're – because you were alone, right? I sure was alone. And when I'm alone, I'm listening to everyone around me. So yeah. I was like, 100%, he's listening to everything I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm, like, just doing the most – the lamest, most boring L.A. – like. Someone who's from LA in another city on a yeah. date. Yeah. And I was oh mortified the whole time. I, you know, at that time, I was too deafened by my own self consciousness about being alone <laughs> to really ever hear anything else. I had spent the day with Matt Bronger, who had a show that night, right? Okay. Um, and so we were just out like roaming the city. And, uh, and like we had Bloody Marys and then we ended up at some other place and there was a band and we're like, oh, let's stay here for a while. And then he, because he's Matt Bronger can just be like, oh, I've had five drinks. I'm going to go do a show. You know what I mean? And just go and crush on stage for an hour. And then meanwhile, I'm like, oh, well now I'm just drunk and alone. (laughs) And, uh, and so there, there was that restaurant that was very near the Airbnb that I had and I had had their burger and I was like, I guess I'll just sit and have a burger. I don't even know if I brought a book to pretend to read. But uh, but I sat there very much alone. And then I was like, oh, here's Tom Lank, who's hilarious. He was right next oh, to me. Uh, how how mortifying. I was like, please don't be judging my date right now. <laughs> you know, I was I, like no, saying things like, because you know when some of, like, when normies go on a date with an actor, they find out you're an actor, like, oh, what have you been in? And you're like, oh, God, I don't want to list my resume, but how do I have a... yeah. How do I? How do I just be normal? Be normal and, and seem cool. This yeah. person's a doctor. Right. I have deep shame about admitting to the fact that I'm an actor uh-huh. on a date, and it, just the whole thing was so awkward. But there was a movie. What was the movie that was on the screen? It was like Pretty Woman or something, wasn't it? I f- maybe it was Pretty Woman, and then finally I just had to be like, I'm sorry, you're sitting next to me, and I must acknowledge <laughs> yeah, that we're both this watching pretty moment woman. and Pretty Woman, and and I, I we have friends in common. I don't know if we yeah. know each other yeah. from things, but uh, yeah. oh, that's how you broke the ice with Dave. Yeah, yeah, there was a moment on the TV, and we both yeah. like my day was like not aware of how like funny this moment. I can't remember yeah. what was the thing that was on. What, what I don't know. It was some big dumb movie that we've all seen a hundred times. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, how did anyway, you guys meet? Do you want to me- uh, do the- We met in a show that I've probably talked about before that was a 30-minute musical yes. of Top Gun. Yeah. In oh, which Tom erotic. played the Kelly McGillis role. <laughs> what? Iconically and, and dug into that character in a way that even she couldn't. That was – I don't – I mean, I'm not – much of an actor, but Yo, what? I couldn't, I couldn't not laugh throughout the entire show. That was who are you? Uh, I was like a sidekick. I was like a uh, not was I slider? No, there's I can't remember that. No, I, I wasn't Iceman. I was Iceman's sidekick, I, which I think is slider. For, okay. I was slider. Yeah. Then the whole there, thing, if you have, most people haven't seen this. It's just like we've. It's just like homo erotic. Not overtones, like yeah. blatant, just homo- I mean, the movie homo-erotic. is so homo- shockingly homoerotic. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really just like- It's homosexual. Reminding people- Yeah, it's just straight up gay. Yeah. Of the gayest movie of all um, time. So you were Rick Rossovich. I, yes, I was Rick Rossovich. Oh, and so it's goodness. a lot of shirtless locker room scenes and people putting their crotches in each other's faces and 
really dumb, plain dick puns. Uh-huh. And then... And then me as Kelly McGillis as sort of the manliest, more manly than any of the men in... like Because she's... In that movie, if you watch that movie now, you will note that they were very self-conscious of her height over yes. him. So anytime she's in a scene, like like the motorcycle scene, yeah. she's leaning the whole time. Yeah. In the bathroom mm-hmm. scene, when he like follows into the bathroom, she is leaning on the sink. Like uh, there's a lot of leanness. So I like to call attention to her lean yeah. work. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's just always sort of to the side. And oh, she also like has kind of an almost an accent an affect that i hadn't even noticed until you know your interpretation which is what let's hear like hey uh when they meet in the bar scene before he sings uh you've lost that love and feeling she says something like hey long long trips sailor. long oh uh, long trip sailor like it's it's bad <laughs> acting plus weird accent exactly um and also like tom look can look beautiful in drag <laughs> but in this particular outfit looked like remember in et when they put him in yeah. drew barrymore's clothes and yeah. like it was sort of that vibe it was well, she like has a, and she has a very ma- she has a very manly gait i'm not shaming that i'm just saying it, what it is and she's yeah. a lesbian in real life yeah. yeah um she's and she's gone like full like silver lady of the canyon mm-hmm. which i'm into big time um but it was a beautiful thing it's one of my more i'm really proud of that performance really i'm glad we be. shared that moment together it made me laugh so hard over and over again it was delightful. does it exist in the world of youtube no no, no. only in our memories no wow that's the magic of theater yeah i guess so i hate that Fuck the magic of theater. I want to see it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Tom. Tom, what are you uh, what are you watching right now? What, any any recent good movie and or TV experiences? Okay, I have share? the weirdest taste in in shows. Like I'm very into oldie time. I think I like to watch shows that I couldn't possibly be on. Uh-huh. So I don't get jealous of them. Um I just finished watching the Frankenstein Chronicles or the Frankenstein Murders. It's got Sean Bean from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And the lady that plays Princess Margaret on um, the, crown? the Crown, the Crown, and it's not great, but I had to watch. I had to watch all of it, sure, because it's yeah. kind of like Murder She Wrote meets Frankenstein meets um, Sherlock Holmes meets Peaky Blinders type of thing. Okay, interesting. These are all shows that I could see Tom Lincoln. By the way, oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I that I would please. I would. All I want to do is move to London and be on an oldie timey oh. show on the BBC. Come oh, on. Oh, and yeah. then just get up and do sets here and there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just weird experimental just comedy weird. that people just love um, or are too polite not to tackle. Yeah. Which I will be in London in. Ooh. I'm just whoring and plugging. Oh. Uh, in plug. February, doing Till the Swinton Answers and Add on Craigslist Great. at a theater festival. So okay. join me there. Remember, uh, Ducky. Else? Go to Ducky. Ducky? Mm-hmm. At the Royal Vauxhall Tavern every Saturday night. It is the m- most fun I've ever had. In oh, okay. I did not show up when we were there, and it's yeah. one of my greatest regrets. Yep. Okay, yes, noted. It noted. Uh, okay, what else am I watching? Um, I. Okay, have you seen London Spy? I keep telling him to watch. It's Uh, literally a show made for Dave Holmes. It's made for you. Yeah? It is made for you. It is a classic spy murder mystery, but gay. And it's like like they crawled in my brain and were like, oh, we're going to make a show for you to watch. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I, and it blows my mind that it was just like I don't know what was on it originally the BBC like mm-hmm. oh they oh they make a show for me and that's considered like that's mainstream yeah. yeah for them that everyone will watch and no one cares that the- like an incredibly hot love interest <sighs> a, a great kind of like classic spy show structure where it's like regular person and then like oh fuck I have to be a spy yeah. But also with, um, is it Charlotte Rampling? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Sort of French, but British. Yeah. Is that her? Mm. Well, someone like that. She has such a weird, yeah. she has a weird accent. If it's not Charlotte Rampling, might I think as well it is. Be someone in that like space. That. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like a dame, a classic, like dame yeah. of the theater and British television and film. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, wait. Okay. Yeah. What the, what Are you an Anglophile, would you say? Um, no, yes, I don't know. Because it sounds like it. Because some two. people, I, I'm not one of, no, I'm not like a quote unquote Anglophile because I, you know, I just feel like that person is like, I went to Oxford and right. for my s- semester abroad and all that kind of thing. But yeah. I just do love it there. Yeah. I mean, Dave's so I'm one Anglophile. of those people minus the like, yeah, that, I try stuff, to, that, that thing. I'm coming to realize that I think as a youth, I laundered my gayness through Anglophilia. You know what I mean? Do you think it's because there is uh like the c- classic British stuff that you're watching there's there's more of a tension like I can't be with you but I want to be with a you. Little? I mean that's I get that from all the things I watch like Downton Abbey or Game of anything oldie timey is there that tension exists because of the like the constraints of like sure uh, the 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 woman can't express what she's truly feeling uh-huh. yeah. um so do we project our uh maybe. our sort of gay struggle onto that like I can't maybe be with the person I want because I'm not out I'm in a time period where g- gay is not a thing yet or it hasn't come to my state mm-hmm. or county. I'm, it's a secret. And yeah. like the 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 rules of traditional masculinity seem a little different. Yes. Yeah, they are know? a little bit. And you can be a little foppish or gentle or and that's oh, yeah, there's so many like gentle gentlemen. Maybe that's where the term comes from. Because they were Okay. Speaking of, I was I I just was in London last week and on the plane on the ride on the ride there, first I watched Crazy Crazy Rich Asians, uh-huh. cried uncontrollably. <laughs> it's so good. Which, I don't know, is that a cry movie? That, or was I just on the plane and I was, you know... Both. Okay. I would say it was ele- elevated by the plane. Okay, good to know. Unintended. Uh, then I w- watched Mary Poppins, because I saw someone else watching it, and I'm like, oh, that'll be fun to watch on the way to London. I only watched, like, the first 40 minutes of it. But um, I got to the part, uh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary... Uh, I'm gonna, okay, will you get in trouble if I go through the lyrics here? Not at all. <laughs> I think we're... A gentleman like you are few, though you're just a diamond rapper. You'd never think of pressing your advantage. <laughs> Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. Our lady needn't fear when you are near. Your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with you, but A jolly, jolly holiday <laughs> with you. Okay, so... Is rape culture so ingrained wow. that, that you'd never yeah. think of pressing your advantage? Oh, yeah. Is she saying, she like, saying that to Bert? Or Bert's yeah, she ready? says that to her. Is Does that mean that at that time period of both... What, when's Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins. Is that just turn of the century oldie times? Yeah, yeah. Plus uh, what, 1964. Are both of those time periods... Like, it was so common for straight men to be... 
date raping women. I guess. That Mary Poppins had to be like, you're cool because yeah. you would never do that to me. And yeah, yeah poor that's where the baby it's cold outside doing all the heavy lifting about that particular moment in, you know, you're so pop right, culture. Tom. Okay, are you friends with Jen Kirkman? Uh, do you know yeah. her? Okay. Yeah. I just went to her Christmas show. She fully twist did a whole thing about why it's that song's not actually about <gasps> rape culture. Yeah. Really? And it was fascinating. And I'm so sorry the no. dog shaking it out of us. Oh, a happy uh, dog. Sound holding for sound. Uh <laughs> she basically uh to sum it up, I she I mean it was a hilarious thing in which she uh explains it, which is uh but the basically it, the time period of that song, like women couldn't express wanting to be sexual with someone because they would be labeled a slut. So she's right. saying uh, that- These are my justification. These are like, I want to sleep over, but I can't. Uh-huh. And he's like, but it's cold outside. Like they're both trying to, oh. so she, her thought is that it's less about the man pressuring her into saying, but it's more of her saying like, I want to stay over. And then. And I'm not allowed to say it. I'm not allowed to say it because of social constraints of the time period I'm in. Yeah. And then the, the term um, say what's in this drink was actually an expression of the time period in which um, you uh, you just sort of like, hey, wh- like what's in like what what is this drink made of? Like what how do you make this cocktail? Yeah. yeah. So don't come for me, everyone on the internet, because the lady Kirkman's take th- it was this was the lady saying this is what the song sure. is really about. But I don't know. Time for the pendulum to swing back. On I don't that know. Song. We'll see. By the way, in the meantime, um, I I just I did a little bloop of Purell. Because okay. there's a thing, Purell, right here. Why? Because you shake so many hands in here? That's it's the like, whole thing. It, you, you're also a casting director. I don't know. You're it's like, just there. I'm not, it's pilot season. I'm not shaking. Oh, <laughs> God. God, that shit drives me crazy. Um, and I guess there is some dried Purell okay. in the oh, thing. Right. Which it over. caused it to go, like, way askew. And it's now oh, as <laughs> though I as came though all over you. I, it is like Dave a jizz, a on, jizz my on the sleeve. All over you, and Almost I'm so on sorry. The Jackson Maine to you. <laughs> and you didn't notice it. I know. I knew that, that something had gone <laughs> awry with the Purell, but I didn't know that it, I got splooshed. <clears throat> anyway, there's a lot of fun going on in here. There's a great dog. <clears throat> um, um, so... Any are there any like um, Oscar movies like holiday movies you've been watching? Any screeners? You know what? I'm so no, I haven't got any screeners. I haven't either. SAG is mad at me. Okay. Um, I, I don't think it started yet. I don't think it started. But I'm paid up. I made sure this. You know year. what? TBH, TBQH. I'm just like, I'm just mad at the straights. Really? I'm just, just mad at general? straight men. Get it out. I'm tired. I just don't want to watch their movies anymore. Mm. Did you see Boy Erased? No. Okay. Okay. Is Did that you what it? you're talking about? I don't know. Is it? Was that? Well, because Joel Edgerton made it, and it's a it's the gay conversion movie with Lucas Hedges and Nicole Kidman. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But also, I'm I'm just I'm mad at everyone and everything because I'm tired. I never even saw the one the army army hammer. And oh, sorry, you to bother never you? saw Call Me by Your Name. I didn't see it oh. because. I'm just tired of the straights playing the gays, uh. and they get nominated for things. And yet, the, every audition I've had in the last year, in the description of the character, it's like, fabulous, over-the-top, gay, homosexual. And I realize I've Instagrammed my way into a very gay corner. But that being said, <laughs> it doesn't go the other direction. We're not right. given the opportunity to even... Regardless of like what your level of manliness is, and that's all like the toxic masculinity. Why won't they see us for straight parts? Because 
because uh, you know they uh because everyone has to be so manly it's not their i get it it's been ingrained in us by society but like how come I'm not going into audition for just like guy who works in an office that has no description of his sexuality in the character description because uh, because that part is assumed straight and they would yeah. never God forbid they know that you're gay in real life that means you cannot be, you are not allowed to portray straight or even someone who doesn't even have a sexuality so I'm just mad at everyone <laughs> and I'm not going to see their movies because I'm just I'm tired of it. Is that crazy? No, do you think I'm being negative? Or I, no, that fired up my blood as well. You're right. It's. I mean, it's a bummer. There are so few examples of things that I feel like would meet the criteria that, which I think are good criteria. <clears throat> I will say, like but, things like Ryan Murphy shows, where yes, there is a straight guy playing a gay guy, uh, but also there's like four other gay, yeah. or LGBT people. Or LGBTQ uh, on behind the camera in front of the camera yeah like and so there's multiple parts so there's definitely the opportunity so though uh, Evan what's his name is playing a gay character uh, Billy Eichner is uh, playing a straight character so um, that's cool but I always start I always think about people like um, who's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal Peter Skarsgård. 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 He's not a particularly classic manly man, right? Uh-huh. I would go as far to say that he is very. He has a very effeminate energy, and um, and uh, he plays plenty of straight characters, murderers. Right. And why is that? Because we know he is straight in real life. Uh, therefore, I guess that means he's believable as a straight. Character, right. um, so that's just kind of where I'm at these days with all of that. But and it's we're in an interesting time in terms of like representation and acceptance because you are part of a like a flock of of gay guys who work a lot and are are known, um, but you are you know like largely known for playing a funny gay character. Yeah, and then it becomes like a like a like a prison of your own making almost. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I mean, I could, every time I start to talk about this, it's not funny. And it's like, am I going to go get a, make a thesis report on, am I going to grad school with this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, am I going to get like a gender studies master's degree? I, I don't know. I don't know my life anymore. Um, uh, I just feel like, yeah, the, when, when, I'm when all the like when my like entire IMDb list is like gay best friend, quirky gay sidekick, um, my note to the media overall will be like, hey, let's make these these characters the the lead role who has the adult problems who like classic example. I was on a show about witches called Witches of East End, and you never actually found out that my character was gay, even though because like the lines got cut, mm. there was no mention of anything. It was always just hey. Hey, girlfriend, tell me about your day. Oh, those earrings, you can't get away with them. They're not cute. Like, uh-huh. And then they just killed me off, and you never learned anything. Oh, by the way, they killed me off by a, a monster with several blue penis-shaped tails. And um, I froze frame what? it, and the penis um, goes in my ears, and the, at one point, it's come, the, the blue penis object goes oh my to God. my mouth. Oh my so gosh. you killed me. With a blowjob, I think that's a hate crime. That is a gay hate crime. Death yeah. by a thousand dicks. Um, a fictional hate crime. So yeah, like why why is that still happening? I don't know. That's my 
take on it. But like that could be said of any minority. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not alone in this. And I mean, and in fact, it's worse for uh, you know various other minority groups. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other thing. But I, I feel like for this group of gay guys that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I feel like we they've all they've all been homophilia guests. But um, it's there. There's also a period that I don't know. I guess I, I I don't know if we're still in it where it seems like then we tried to um, like course correct and it became like he's the gay friend but he doesn't act gay and uh, how you know yeah, and that, that yeah, was a cool yeah. new approach or something but there's something really the, the, i think the still gay guys didn't like, get to play those parts right and it was no, like of what's like, his name on on uh, happy endings yeah yeah uh like so there was this definite reward for manliness in gay portrayals but you know but it seems to be like those are the only two things that exist right now mm-hmm. that uh-huh. and then like I just <laughs> I did a show and thank god they cut the moment but the both the straight director and the straight producer gave me a line reading and they're like no no you say it like this no 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 yes oh yeah like they wanted <laughs> that's the line reading yeah. they gave oh me and, and they would not move on until I gave it to them yeah. and i I I was so panicked in that moment because I felt like, okay, if I do what they say, I'm selling my people up the river. I am, I like, I'm going to have to report myself to the, you know, to GLAAD for like terrible portrayals of gays in the media. So I was like, all that's going on. And also like it, I booked the job and changed a whole bunch of things so I could do it because it was a recurring character still hasn't recurred, but it's like, in that moment you are at the mercy of like, if you don't play ball here, you, your job, you don't get to have a job. Yeah. So what, like, what do you do in that moment? So I did what they told me and I'm, I'm assuming it was so offensive that that's why that, that moment got (laughs) cut. Thank God. But I mean, and like the overall sort of arc of that character was like he's married to a woman but clearly is gay, which yeah. is kind of an old it's trope, old if you ask me. But also, thank you, I thank you for the job. I need sure. to I need the health insurance. Can't so, wait for sure. him to recur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been told, like um, going out for like panel shows and mm-hmm. whatnot, where they're you know they're trying to select like four you know whatever. Like, get the chemistry right for four people. I've been told more than once. um, For the gay guy slot, they want somebody really gay. (laughs) And that – and it's like they're comfortable (sighs) enough to say that, not to me, but to my agent, knowing that that will get back to me. So I don't get to live my fantasy of sitting in an office and just being like, tell me what that means. Tell me what that means. Like, say to my face what that means, and I'm not leaving until – I get an explanation. Well, and I bet that they probably think like Dave gets it. I mean, this is basically a compliment, you know, like like, it's probably. uh, uh, Yeah. I don't know. Like you're not gay enough for us to book you on the thing. Yeah. What is that? That's what the fuck is that? That's not a compliment. Like, so you're basically just reinforcing all of the toxic masculinity things that we know. Yeah. But also like, yeah, like that. That really gay guy, he also, he needs the gig too. So sure. like, great. Right. But I don't know. We're all there. It's kind of a spectrum. Like yeah. we're all, yeah. we all have Hire different sides to ourselves. Yeah. Like we, 
I don't know, in certain, like, when I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm screaming yes and yeah. all the things. So I don't know. It's a, there's no right a answer. No, there's know. not. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's, yeah. Have you so gotten- You see what it is? It's because the straights are still in charge. Right. 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 Um, and the more I'm hearing myself talk about all of this, it's like, it, I don't know if it's up to me to try and change it. Like my complaining about it isn't going to change the thing. Um, it's, it just- any, it just make your own content. You've That's the only thing shit. I can Always learn from this is to just, and that is why I keep making dresses out of garbage uh-huh. <laughs> on Instagram until it becomes its own TV show. God yeah. damn it. And why isn't it yet? I don't I know, because be. the streets are still in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And because the gay, a lot of the gays that are in charge uh, are, are, you know, they're maybe self-hating or mm-hmm. don't want to do anything that because it's still not mass it doesn't have mass appeal there's a great article that i skimmed in the waiting room for therapy i think it was in the atlantic and it was like uh the queer queer eye and will and grace are back and we were so excited the last time they were on because it was the beginning of of the lgbtq gay boom in being present in television and we were so excited, and then it never happened. Yeah. And now these two shows are back, and they're, again, still kind of the only two th- things Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. So, uh, where was I going? <laughs> um, nothing changes. Nothing changes. So, create your own content and just keep making it until, um, until there's enough followers or enough fans of the thing you're already making that then they have to pay attention. Yeah. And, like, there's enough room for all of it. Because, like, think what you're kind of getting at with, like, the the queer people who are – who do have some power but maybe are not – are using it in, in questionable ways or whatever is, like, that they they also have a boss. And mm-hmm. they're also kind of being told by the culture, like, careful, you know, make sure that everyone sort of, like, remains within a certain box. And I think there is a mentality that, like – I, I'm a gay guy who got the good job, but like, there's only so many spots. Mm-hmm. And I mean, similar to the what what's happening with women. Like, women are like, "Hey, we're there's enough room here at the top for all of us." Exactly. Um, but maybe I don't know. I don't know if it's. It feels even weird to talk about it out loud. Like, I dare. I'm just gonna say this. I dare because I also I am appreciative of. Of the gay roles that I'm playing. Sure. Um, but because they are few and far between, that means there's not that much opportunity because, and that means like all the gays are gunning for those roles and we're all mad when we don't get it because there's only, so if you're only calling us in for those parts, there's not much work. So um, I dare, I'm grateful for the, the gay work I'm getting and I dare a casting director or anyone, a producer that's listening to this to bring me in for a straight part. Or a non-sexual part. Yeah. Or the, bring you guys in. Yeah. Book it. Book it! Book the fucking Book thing. It. Give me God, I'm a dancer. A dancer dances. <laughs> Give me a part to hang on. I don't know where I'm going with that. Oh, God. Am I going to cry right now on your podcast? Listen, we hope so. That's the goal. We're trying. <laughs> I promise not to cry. I'm not, I swear I'm not having... A mental breakdown. No, this is important shit. You got to get out. Couldn't be a safer space no, for a mental okay. breakdown. I'm allowed to be talking about this. One hundred percent. We're gonna cut eighty percent of it. Cool. Cool. Um, cool. Should we take a little break? Yes. And we'll be back. I'm crying now. Wow. Should it be- 
Welcome to the Magic Tavern. It's a podcast. It's a fully improvised comedy chat show set in a magical world, hosted by a wizard, a talking badger, and a guy from Chicago who fell through a dimensional portal. You know who's not going to like this? Who? My mom. Oh, she's going to think you sounded dippy. Yep. Uh, But no, hello from the Magic Tavern is like cheers in Middle Earth. It's like always sunny in Narnia. Your mom has got to listen. Everyone's got to listen. She will uh, never learn what a podcast is. And if she does, uh, this is not for her. But it's probably for you. This week, they're doing a special book club episode where the hosts, a barbarian and a talking flower, read Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice and drink wine and try to understand all the Earth stuff. It's like a little switcheroo. Here's what we can guarantee. Our world is crazy. Oh, absolutely. To them. What we can promise you is this is the only podcast you will listen to this week where a wizard tries to figure out if he is Lizzie or totally a Mr. Darcy. Wow. Guests on recent episodes include Paul F. Tompkins as a satyr, Lauren Lapkus as a genie, Felicia Day. Yeah. Sean and Hayes and Felicia Day. All of them. And and Jordan Klepper and many, many more. You can start at the beginning if you want to follow the whole story, or you can just jump right into any episode. It sounds appealing. Check out Hello from the Magic Tavern on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we're back. And we're um, back, people. We are back. We're no back. longer crying? I pulled it together. No tears left to cry? <laughs> no tears. Is that... Ariana Grande. What do you think uh, about her? Um, uh, I don't know that we needed uh, another uh, exploration of uh, Mean Girls. Yeah, you know it seems I mean? like yeah. It was a perfectly fine movie a long time ago, and I think we can leave it alone. Yeah, now it's a musical. We've wrung every drop. Um, wait, can I ask you about a controversial thing in in pop culture? Ooh. Sure. What you guys think about it? Yeah. Okay, so we all know the thing with Kevin Hart. Have you t- talked yes, about that yet? Okay. Uh, so then today on Twitter, who was it? Nick Cannon? Yeah. Uh, drudged up some tweets from Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Amy Schumer. Amy uh-huh. Schumer, where they Chelsea Handler. use the word like fag bird or yeah. gay, whatever. What do, you, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, do you... I have I have I have two competing takes. Okay. Okay. One is that I ultimately and this has been this is an unpopular opinion that I've had throughout this whole conversation about like when people make the like Mike Pence's gay jokes or like that uh Putin and Trump are secretly fucking and and our community understandably is offended by that. Yeah. I personally I I don't I'm usually not offended because I the people making the jokes um I I feel like I already know that those are allies, right. and yeah. I I think that it's a joke about homophobia. The, the, those people's internalized homophobia, and that to them that would be the worst possible insult. The, to the person saying it, it's like, of course it's not. Like they right. are, are, you know. However, to all the people in our community who are offended by it, I absolutely understand why. And ultimately, Billy Eichner did a whole spiel about this. This is the other side of it that I also agree with is like, ultimately just don't say that word. Just leave it out of your mouth. Even if you are like a Sarah Silverman or someone who is clearly a, a friend of the community and is clearly like not homophobic, you know, like to me, there's no question in my mind. Right. Does Billy say, uh, are are we allowed to use it? Yeah. I I think, I think just overall, no, like let's all just move. Okay. Past it. 
My feeling is that all of the uh, – Sarah Silverman, Chelsea Handler, Amy Schumer, all have said questionable things. But they also have uh, employed gay people. Mm-hmm. They have all – they've all like – and and like at high levels, yeah. you know, they like uh, Chelsea Handler brought Guy Branham to the world. You know what I mean? Yes. That cannot have been an easy sell for E. You know what I mean? So the, their allyship is not just words; it's actions. And also, they have a history. Not maybe not in every case, and maybe not in the cases that that we're talking about here. But they have a history of saying, "I didn't understand what I was saying when I said what I said, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry I said it, and I won't say it again." Which. Kevin Hart and, you know, the the people who are saying, like, fuck you, why can't you take a joke? Don't apologize, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just a different, it's yeah. a different thing. I, I the, the bigger thing that I, I, I think for, I think for, to drudge those up as if they're somehow, like, comparable to what Kevin Hart did and said is so absurd to me when, mm-hmm. like, what, what he said was a, it was a pattern of truly homophobic and hateful right. statements. Yeah. And the people who... I think finally convinced him to make do the right thing and just fucking apologize and 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 step down and say that you were you know learning and growing and going to do better. I it also it bugs me. It's similar to the Louis thing where it's like like you didn't fucking know this before. The right. information was all out there. It was there. And Roseanne, it's like if I knew about this before, then surely the people in in power did too, and yeah. they didn't. They just didn't correct it until. You know the 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 internet was angry enough about it, and I I think it, it I bet he didn't lose the job because of the jokes. He lost the job because of the lack of an apology. Because that that's the thing. I'm not because I'm not like again. I'm just over straight guys. Like I'm not. I don't care about your state. I'm not going to watch your straight man stand up comedy special because uh-huh. I could just care less about mm-hmm. it. So like. I'm not so mad that about it. It's like if you would have said, you know what? Yeah, that was like a not cool thing for me to do. Like I, I should learn from that and like moving on. And I'm happy to host the Oscar. Like that would have been fine with me. Like I don't like we like I'm sure I've said something stupid. Like I'm there is a, a quote unquote joke that I thought I made in my I did a one a, a storytelling show that I took to Edinburgh the fringe many years ago and filmed it as a documentary. And I'm looking back at one of the things I said, I just feel like it was kind of like, Oh, that's, that's what, um, misogyny is about. And I made a joke and it wasn't even, it's not even a good joke. I wouldn't even call it a joke. It's just a, like, I thought a funny statement at the time and looking back at it now, I'm like, you know, that was like kind of like not great. And I would be more than willing to acknowledge that and be like, cool. That's where I was there. I, I didn't know, but you're right. He did know that that's not a cool thing to be saying. Well, and when then. he was told clearly this is not a cool thing to be saying, he stuck by his guns and did a fucking shirtless Instagram video, being like, "No, I'm not." And then, like, apologize. here I am in well, front of my to steal my happiness. Thirty thousand people at my audience. I think yeah. the bigger issue uh, is is that yeah, me, Sarah, and the, these ladies use a term that is like not great. But you know, so many gay comics came from Chelsea's show. Yeah. They're all they're allies. They're not actively promoting to you know. It is hard to be LGBT in the black community. I think it's it's harder than it's it's you know. There's less acceptance there right. as it is. So you have a large mainstream audience, and you are promoting that 
to them. Mm-hmm. I think that is the big issue right. that is, is hurtful. And I think th- these other ladies are, they don't have a history of that. And they're act- actually working and actively helping our community. Yeah. Yep. And, and also, what's the fucking joke? Like, you'd break a dollhouse over a child's head? That's not a joke. Nope. Like, I, wh- at what point do I laugh at that? Like, I don't, I just don't get it. It's, it's like, it's sick. I'm just, I, and also anytime some career crashing thing happens to a strike, I'm like, cool. I don't, I like just thought, why am I pouring water like, <laughs> so loudly right now? Um, I just like, I'm like, I'm, 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 my feelings aren't hurt. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about you. You're right, fine. Yeah. You've You're made so fine. much money. Also, his career's not over. He just doesn't get to yeah, do this he's one thing. Get a million more chances. He's yeah, fine. and he could if, if he was willing to just be like, you know what? Yeah, that wasn't cool. I'm sorry. Yeah, hadn't looked at it that way. Sorry. Uh, somebody had a, who said it to me two days yesterday, two days ago. Somebody said, you know what? They just need to, they just need to find a host whose career is new enough to that they haven't <laughs> fucked up yet. Right. And because I was like. There are so many people that would be great at that job. First off, I'm like, why is Tiffany Haddish not being offered this yes. job straight away? Right. So after the year that we have had, like, why wouldn't you hire a why wouldn't you hire a, a woman to host the thing? Yeah. And she would be legitimately fucking great at it. People yeah. would yes. be so excited. Yes. It would be more timely than the show's ever been. Yes. You know? Like because I don't know, it, like, even what? the year of uh, James Franco and Anne Hathaway Cause, would, uh, would pale in comparison. Also, I'm assuming it was a bunch of gays that were at the at the academy that were the ones that like, oh, you need to you need to apologize before we can move forward with this. Why why are they hiring that dude anyway? Right, I don't know. It's a mystery. I hope maybe that's my that's the the thing that ultimately bums me out over and over again is like no one cares until the roar of 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 rage gets loud enough that they have to care or at least pretend to care in order to save their own asses. Now, do you think uh, Kevin Hart has any sort of point in like, everyone's too offended. We're offended by everything. Cause I mean, sometimes I'm like, Oh, when people are up in arms about something, I'm like, I, I'm I can't take care of your feelings right now. Mm -hmm. You're being too, everyone's being too sensitive. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, there's sort of something to it, but I'm never, I'm, I'm, I'm rarely sympathetic to a comedian who like makes, uh, you know, insensitive, like insensitive is like the mildest possible word for, I would break a dollhouse over my child's head if I saw him playing with it. Like, so it is not funny. It's like, it is. uh, It's just like, know, know who you're talking to when you're talking. You know, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld complains that like he made the, you know, he said uh, people scroll up on their phones like a, like a gay French king. And like it was in front of a college audience and they didn't laugh. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, college kids are too insensitive these days. I'm never going to play another college. I would say college kids are more like develop that joke. Like you can't just say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't just say gay and have people laugh the way that you could 20 years ago yeah. or the way that he still could now at the casinos that he plays because people will go and see him because they're so excited to see him. Right. Like a 19 year old, you know, knows him from reruns. And then if you come with that fucking lazy shit, then it's like, yeah, you, did, you didn't, you didn't serve your audience. So that's your fault. That's you being sensitive. And I think there is – I, I, I never want to fall into the like people are too sensitive camp because it's such a slippery slope and you know what I mean? Right. It's like 
politically correct culture exists to protect people who need to be protected, right. you know? As a, you know, as a super liberal person, though, do you ever find yourself looking at something, a tweet, and be like, oh, my God, this isn't a thing. This isn't an issue. Why are you here? Right. Like, I find myself having that response, and then I have to be like, don't turn into your father. Don't, right. uh, like, be open my. We got to. But just there is so much of it all the time that um, I do. Yeah, I don't know. Well, also, the Internet has the ability to take six things off of Twitter and make it seem like a cultural movement when it's not. Like um, a couple weeks ago, there was a like they aired um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. And so like six people were like, oh, it's you know, it's kind of weird that, you know, like the the uh, the coach kind of bullies Rudolph. And like and it's weird that like, you know, whatever, the lady reindeer can't uh, join the search party for uh, Rudolph because she's got to stay at home and do the cooking and whatever. Like there are a lot of regressive things. And so like six people on Twitter pointed it out. Huffington Post then put it into a comedy (laughs) video saying uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is seriously problematic. Right. So then Fox News picks that up, forgets that that it's in the comedy section or just overlooks it or knows it Uh. and doesn't do anything about it. And then it's Tucker Carlson and Dave Rubin saying liberals want to take Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer (laughs) away from you. And here's our proof. And it's like now it's turned into a thing when it was literally six tweets. And you can find six tweets that say anything. Yeah. Do you so do you think because. This was all. This was like a big thing in musical theater when uh, Broadway, when My Fair Lady was coming back, and everyone's like, "Really? Do we gotta rehash this again?" Yeah. Uh, I found myself having that reaction when I, because I do watch reruns of Friends a lot, because it's sure. kind I of like very soothing and relaxing. Uh-huh. But like every few episodes, I'm like, "Damn, that's homophobic." Uh-huh. Yeah. Like if the if Joey touches Ross, they're like, <gasps> they're yeah. like, they're like they accidentally hug each other or. And there's never, like, a gay person on the show. I mean, it's, also, also, it's like, that's a lot of white people. Carol and show. Susan, who were, you know, Ross's oh, that's true. who got that's married. True. And it, 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 it's so emblematic of that time because it was like, on one hand, I think it was the first gay wedding on network TV. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they literally couldn't, they didn't, we didn't see them kiss at their own wedding. Right. And the entire blow of the, ep- like, the last joke of, I think the episode is Phoebe's storyline is that she... Uh, thinks she's possessed by an old lady or something whose whole thing is I I I, I can let I can leave you alone I my soul can go to heaven as soon as I've seen everything all of course leading up to the moment that they kiss and Phoebe god. goes well now I've seen everything oh god it's yeah. like Jesus well Christ, do you but- think uh, am I sta- am I still able to watch can we still be a fan of Friends overall knowing that. There are problematic things in it from the time period. Like, can yeah. I still let my kids watch Rudolph, even though it is slightly problematic? Like, what is the what? Like, what are our what are our rules on like vintage things? Oh boy! Well, Friends, I mean, I mean is timeless in every all of Jennifer. Anderson's I mean, I know how much I know how much you guys uh, have been dealing with the, the divorce. I know yeah. that. She's a hot button issue for you. She's doing great. We're fine. We're okay. fine. Okay. I, so, I just want you to know that I supported you throughout you. all of your uh, Jen Anison induced um, hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, it, it, you have to take it in its context. Yeah. Yeah. Are we allowed to enjoy something? And be like, you know what? That part 
isn't cool, but that was the time period. So we're going yeah. to acknowledge that. Yeah. And it, it's it's also interesting how like how homophobic that show was and how little I noticed it. I like yes, being right. 24, yes, 25 right. and like loving it and just having that not even register because that's that's just the way the we lived. Mm-hmm. That was the water that we swam in. And how white it was. It's, yeah. It's like shockingly of oh, such a white version of New York City that doesn't exist. Right. Um but we must pivot. What? Pivot Tom, ball change? Mm-hmm. To you. Oh. To your um, love life, specifically. Oh, whoa. What? What is your current relationship status? Did this uh, San Francisco grinder uh, trick endure? Um, oh, no, no, no. But I will say that gentleman was some of... It may be it may be like the best sexy times I've I've had. Really? Why? Was with that guy. I don't know. Just like we did all the things. Like everybody everybody did all the things. Yeah. Wow. Great. Well, we know what that means. Just Tom is fully covering his mouth. What's so embarrassed to talk about sex? Uh, we are here with Power Verse uh, Tom Link. <laughs> Power verse. Oh, um, so was it just a personal connection? Uh, you know, it just was like, as I said, the 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 hookup came before the the date, and it was it was just like when you're when you. Also, by the way, I have no judgments about like sex before drinks, drinks no. before sex. No. The Neither rule, the I'm like I'm the rule. I have to wait three times. No, I'm done with the rules. No. Uh, so I, I do, I kind of enjoy like, oh, you haven't, like, I'd rather let's get the sex part over with first, because if that's not great, I don't need to do dinner and a movie. Yeah. I don't need to do friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the thing that's interesting when you go on a Tinder date and the buildup to all of that is I find that people are so not willing to. Be like, hey, what do you like to do in the sack ahead right. of time? Because, like, why waste our time if we're not going to be compatible? Uh-huh. So you go through all that, and then the sex isn't compatible, and you went on three dates because that person waits till the third date to do that, maybe. And uh-huh. it's like, ugh. So I, sometimes I just enjoy, like, oh, my God, the sex was great. We had a great connection. Hey, let's do that again. Why does people never want to do it again? What does that say about me? Um, but, like, oh, we had a connection. Like, let's... Like, let's go on the date now and actually talk. Right. I'm curious what, because I, I was always just so squeamish about, like, sex first. Not because I had any moral judgment on it. I was just, like, scared. And I was, I, I felt like I needed the social lubrication of, like, we've had drinks. We've had, we've done that dance before yeah. we do it or something. So I'm curious, like, in a situation like this where it, you pretty much get right into it, just what those first moments are. Like, are you, is it, you're going, somebody's opening the hotel room door and you're immediately in and, and naked or is oh like, God. what is this, the, this is making me want to tell a story that oh, I, please. Uh, are we, I mean, Tom, this is a safe space for you. Tom. <laughs> we need to, yeah. cause I, okay. I, I mean, I have so, I have so many stories cause I think for a, a, a good, period of time like I was not I was finding validation in in my 
like having sexual power, like able to like set a goal, do the thing. And it was a success because so much in my career is not, I'm not able to control. And uh, uh, so for a long time, I like became great at like back when like Craigslist was a thing and having those encounters. But to me, I'm able to, like that instance specifically in San Francisco was kind of like go to their house, be like, hey, what's happening? Let's make out. And we're doing it. Yeah. Dive right in. Yeah. Dive right in. I don't know. Like the, I'm okay to do that because I've really gotten out of the way of be, of judge. I find a, uh, the people do have a lot of judgments about that. Like, oh, sure. you're being slutty. And oh, it's like, I don't know. Like, what if I just don't care about the rules? <laughs> if I just want to do what I want to do. Um, but I'm, I am thinking of, of a time Okay, this is like, this is crazy. Okay, this is crazy. Okay. <laughs> Just know around this time period, I also finally did go to therapy for the first time. And I've been with my therapist for 15 years. Wow. And I love it. That's it's great. Um, I, okay, this was, a, this will just show you like how comfortable I got in that whole like hooking up yep. situation. I sent, I Okay, I'm trying to remember the exact details. Okay, so I, I I found a thing on Craigslist and it was like, okay, this will show you also the levels of like misogyny that are ingrained in our gay culture. Mm. Um, I responded to an ad. A guy was looking for like a straight guy to hook up with, which is hilarious to sure. me. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Obviously, I'm responding to it. Um, looking for a manly guy um, to live up your live out your fantasies. Sure. That's me. Uh So I sent my photo and then the person sent their photo back and it was, uh, a, a, a doctor that I had gone to previously that I had had a physical with. And I remember the moment that I was having a physical and I was like completely naked on the thing. And it was like time to, for the rectal exam. Are we allowed to say that on this podcast? Right. Okay. No, no. Will, uh, please Ryan, be, please be about re- rectal exam. Just kidding. Uh, and I remember the moment that he was like, I'm going to need you to roll onto your side. I was so nervous, aroused, and sweaty, and uncomfortable, and excited. Um, I was, I was, I was not erect, but I, I was very nervous. He, I, I rolled on the side and he had to peel the, the paper on the table off of me. Like I was a Tootsie roll <laughs> before insertion. Um, but I had so many fantasies about this doctor. So anyway, when he sent his thing, I was like, Oh, it's happening. Had you already sent your photo by then? I'd sent my photo. Uh-huh. It was clear that I hadn't been to see this doctor in at least a year, and they have many patients, so it was clear that he did not recognize me. Um, I'd sent my photo. He sent mine. I was like, cool. And he was like, oh, yeah, I have this straight guy that I I usually hook up with, but he's out of town for a while. So, And I think this person had a a partner and lived in Santa Monica or the Palisades or something. And I was like, oh, hey, well, my um, – my girlfriend's out of town. I created a whole storyline. It was a backstory. Of course. Uh, I said, hey, my, my girlfriend's in Orange County what visiting her, her family. Um, I think I said Jessica. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm totally down to meet up, bro. And uh, I, don't, I somehow inserted things I uh, about snowboarding. Because I had been snowboarding a lot. <laughs> and it hurt myself recently. 
Um, and I'd, I'd use that from uh, on prior like I knew I knew that if I dropped snowboarding in, it was like a yep. level of straightness that I could like talk about, uh, but in an honest, real way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for whatever reason, he didn't want to drive all the way to my place, and I, and he couldn't host at his place. Of course not. Um, I hope the sequel to Looking is hosting. <laughs> um, and so I got a hotel room, a cheap hotel room in Santa Monica. And I wore a costume, which involved a backwards baseball cap, <gasps> a flannel shirt, sort of baggy jeans. Oh my! God. You got. I'm as I'm telling this story. I'm not saying this. Any of this was good. Yeah, There's so yeah. many fucked up layers to all of this. Um, and I, I, I left the door slightly ajar, and uh, when he walked in, I was, <laughs> I was watching football. What? <laughs> Drinking a beer? Oh. <laughs> I'm a monster! Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh I apologize God. to the gay community at large for doing all of this. Oh, but it's just it's just a uh, it's a just an act out of what everybody goes through at some point. Like in small ways, everybody does that. But you, exactly you did it all at once. He wanted, you to he wanted yeah. me to play this part. And it's funny to me because, like, on a scale of manliness, I am at a three at best. If it's a one to ten, and so the fact that I that I was, and you know, I was kind of active. I also, I feel like in some, in many ways, on any first date, I'm like, what level of me am I playing right. on this date? Am I going to be totally comfortable and embrace both my masculine and feminine side? Or am I going to be trying to act broy or whatever? Right. Uh, so I was acting broy, and I we had the sex. It was really hot, elevated by the fact that I'm playing this other this character. What did he say? This character? What was his greeting? I How did he know. greet the? I, I don't. Oh, so I just, can I? Just, sup. I think I probably said sup, bro. Yeah. Sup. But yeah, he definitely fell for it, and. We had the sex was great and super fun, and afterwards I remember him being like, "Yeah, yeah, man, you were definitely a definitely snowboard." I can tell, yeah. Which I was like, "Oh, the the legs are the last to go. (laughs) Um, She's got theater legs." (laughs) Uh, Which, by the way, was a commercial that Sam uh, that they played over the Golden Golden Girls uh, drag show at Cedar Campbell. They show old commercials, and there was this commercial for uh, some sort of perfume. And the the narrator says, "There's like a beautiful lady sitting in a chair," and the narrator says, "She's got theater legs." (laughs) What are theater legs? I want them. Anyway, so uh, we talked afterwards, and it was cool. And he, anyway, we then continued to hook up at, at my place, which I said was this fancy lady's, this lady who I'm house apartment sitting for because I had a grand piano, and for some reason I thought that would be a big gay sure. giveaway. <laughs> um, and so we kind of hooked up several times after this, and he would come over during lunch breaks from his practice, which was really working for me. But I got, I got more and more um, angry at his, at his own self homophobia that he needed to hook up with a straight guy. And I started my character development progressed. And I, 
you know, he'd ask me about my girlfriend, weirdly, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, um, we we broke up. Um, or, you know, first she was, like, out of town again, then we broke up, and uh. now then it progressed into, oh, like, I'm, I'm, because I'm bisexual, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm seeing guys now. So, like, I love that I was mad at his, his hom- self-homophobia, yeah. but also mad at my own homophobia for playing into all of this that I had to like kill her off Um, change the storyline and that it was like this weird TV show that I was starring in and your character was coming out Oh my God! It's like so messed up. Different was, stage of his journey. It's than so developing. messed up. The sex, sex it was is, but it. I mean, it is a highly concentrated version of something that many people do in smaller, more subtle ways. One hundred percent, all the time for years and years. And I, I will say that I'm grateful for the experience because I learned. Uh-huh. Because now I'm just not when somebody in their profile on a dating app says like, oh, looking for masculine guys or like mask. If anyone says like masculine here, I'm like, pass. Yeah. Not for me. Not playing into your bullshit. Even though you are hot. And I know it's like, it's just weird. And I found myself being more open in dating to to, um, people, like a range of masculinity and femininity and like not fearing the quote-unquote gay voice and all that stuff so i think it was helpful it got out of my system and i did learn from that like oh wait this is what's messed up about uh the community at at large yeah you fucked that sickness right out of you (laughs) (laughs) how dare you how did you ever cross paths with him again like later in life Oh my God, I forgot the, oh my God, I just remembered the ending of the story, which was I, uh, okay, I went to New York and I had uh, like a not, looking back, I overreacted because I'm like definitely a, sort of a hypochondriac. I overreacted to uh, being with someone who, uh, what's the term, um, is, uh, what is it when you're not like undetectable? Yes, untransmittable. I I I reacted in a um in a not a good way in an unfair way yeah. uh, when I asked after the fact asked about his you know what he was status his status and so then and I didn't need to do any of this but I like went to the emergency room and I got like on pet like around uh, a treatment of pep which is um, this was before. I think this is before PrEP came out. So PEP is, I want to understand PrEP is similar to... to Post. Yeah. Yeah. So PEP was like a month of the the pills or whatever. And it made me super sick. Oh, my God. Um, And uh, which is why I haven't been able to go on PEP, by the way. I don't know. Do we talk about that on the show? We can. Um, And I think it's great. I think more people should talk about it. Um, And I saw that Jack Kay was talking about it for black women, which was important that Mm -hmm. that people know that ladies know they can be on it. But um, so like I can't go. I haven't been able to go on it because each time I've tried, I've had such a bad reaction of just like being vomitous and heartburn. And one time I tried it and it gave me hiccups for 12 hours. I went to the doctor. I'm like. Am I making this up? He's like, there have been rare reported cases of uncontrollable hiccups. Uh, so anyway, I had gone on the PEP, and it was I was having a really bad reaction to it. And I missed having my doctor. This doctor, he was actually, before we checked up, was like such a good— I felt so comfortable being 
with a doctor that was gay, I felt like I could talk about yeah, yeah. any of the things I need to talk about. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to him. I'm going to acknowledge, like, I no, we did a thing and I had a whole thing prepared. And it's because I wanted to, like, adjust the treatment that I was on. And I felt like he was the best person to help me with that. And I got there and I saw the look in his eyes was just, and it was like, um, hey there, Mr. Lank, how, uh, what can we, um, what seems to, you know, what's your, what are you here for today? Wow. And I panicked. I, my speech fell out the window, my movie moment that I wanted to have of like, I'm an adult and this is full circle and I, we can be professional. I just went out the window and I was like, um, I, I'm, I'm on the thing and I need to, I don't know what to do. And, uh, panic, panic. It was more, it was mortifying. Uh-huh. I regret going to see him i should have not gone back it was horrible i was embarrassed i've never shaken it um wow yeah awkward awkward moments in my life wow but what a what What an opportunity for growth i guess yeah the growth (laughs) was the growth would have been if i had just been like hey i know we had a thing but i'm here Mm -hmm. because you're a good doctor how much time had passed since you're like, years, like, I'd say like wow. three years. Okay. Had he moved offices by then? He had. He was at a new practice. I'm trying to do the math if we have the same doctor. That's why I'm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. I, I mean, when when you stop recording, maybe I'll. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, uh, at that, I did feel. I, a level of comfort having a gay doctor that was really great. Um, and I've now, because I had my regular doctor I'd gone to before someone had recommended him. Um, and I've now learned to just be comfortable. I now I love my doctor over at the SAG motion picture place. Mm-hmm. She's a woman. And um, I've just finally, like, now I can talk about the gay stuff with her yeah. and be cool, be comfortable. I definitely find myself trying to get her to laugh, which I know sure. is another whole issue. But um, uh, I think I one time said, as she was giving, like on another fun physical rectal exam experience, as she was up there, um, I remember her saying, like, well, here I am at the SAG Motion Picture uh, Clinic. All the actors come here. I bet you've seen a lot of famous assholes. <laughs> <laughs> No laugh. No laugh. No <laughs> comment. Wasn't a good joke. Wasn't a no. joke. Just horrible. Yeah. But the fact that she didn't laugh means you've got a good doctor. Yes. She keeps yes. it very, very professional. professional. Good hands. Very, very professional. professional. Um, I like when she, now I'm so comfortable when she calls, she calls, she calls, she's like, um, are you alone? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. It sounds like I'm on speakerphone. Is anyone there? And I'm like, no. She's like, okay. Now we can discuss. Like, yeah. Oh. Um, I, Tom, that I was have, like, wait, wait. I've never, I don't know why I've, you did create a safe space here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can't believe I told you that story, but you it's asked so I'm so glad you about did. sexy times and I just felt yeah. like was, now was the time to share it. Listen, we've, wait, can I, ride. Can, are, is, do we reach the time limit? No, I don't know. Not for, for you. We can always go over. Well, cause I want to re cause I want to, um, I want to talk about. Dave, in the in the realm of when I first came to know you on the MTV, I can't. Were you when you were on? Were you? I can't remember. Looking back, were you openly gay then? What was the story? I, were you the first? Was it the? It was the big deal because you were the first 
openly gay VJ situation, correct? Yeah, well, but it wasn't a big deal. I was out, but I wasn't, like, but people didn't know. Like, I brought dates to things, and I had boyfriends, oh, so you whatever. Oh, so you weren't out at the time. But I, I was, but I hadn't, like, I had, there, nobody wanted to do the interview with me where I said, I'm gay. But did we know you were, okay, I'm trying I'm to- I'm sure, do- I, I know that I said things on the air- Okay, but I don't it. think anybody ever really picked up on it. Because I'm trying to do the math because I'm going to just submit to this. My friend, my straight lady friend, Kat and I, uh-huh. um, and I hate when people do this because it's like, I don't want, it's like when you say when I was there, like when kids say to me like, oh my God, I used to watch you all the time when I was in first grade. On, I'm like, thank you for making me yeah. feel old. I know oh, that yeah, was no. not your th- thing, but anyway. Tom, I, I've, I've found my way to cope with that. So okay, great. Okay. Uh, I think I was in my, like, Last year of college, and with my uh-huh. my girlfriend from college, not my girlfriend, but my best lady friend from uh-huh. college, she and I were obsessed with you. Oh, and thank we you. both had crushes on you, oh, and that's we were like kind. so, like you, we were there to, we were there, we would turn on the TV to watch you. Oh, that's but then, very sweet. So it must have been when we found out that you were gay, or I saw you out at a bar or something. Like years later, I remember calling her and be like. Dreams come true! Like, I was so excited. Oh, that's very nice. But I did not ever approach, and we never dated. No, we never did. I apologize. because, Uh, And I never received that kind of reception from anyone. Uh, Why is that? Why Were we scared? I don't know. No, that is true. It's 100% true. And, and, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird, it was a weird, it was a different time. Had there been social media, things yes. of that nature. Yeah. I think I would have been more out, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity to be out within, like in the context of the job. Yeah. And I talked to my bosses about it a bunch. Like I would like to do something, like a National Coming Out Day special. It wouldn't be like yeah. my coming out, but it would just be like a fun hour of, you know, we'd have Rufus Wainwright and probably nobody else because who else was there in 1999? Um and like do something. And we so there were talks about it, but it just never really went anywhere. Yeah. And it took a long time to get like a magazine to want to like sit down with me. You know? Okay, this dog. Oh God, she's really friends. You want to talk about so an evolution of a uh, of a love language. This Wow. So much love here. So sweet. But uh, yeah, I mean I, I wish I wish I'd been bolder about it at that time. I but yeah. I, I've been out since college. Okay. I just, you know. That was the thing. I had the same thing. I was out in college, and then it was so weird in, like, 2002, being on Buffy and having to, like, I was still a period where, like, every person you met, you had to come out to at some point. Mm-hmm. Because they were being, they were aware enough, but being socially conscious to not force it to you to talk about it, mm-hmm. to not drag you out. But I remember... In my coming out experience, I remember just like, I, I just want someone to drag me. Like, don't make, I don't want to yes. do it. Yeah. I'm very passive in my nature. Yeah. Please, someone do it for me. Right. Uh, so I did want people to just be like, so you gay or what? Right. But no one would ever do that. They would tiptoe around it. So I remember, um, like, it was just hard. It was hard because you still weren't coming out because I wanted the opportunity to still play straight parts uh-huh. and saved it for coming out in a magazine, which... My, I was dating a guy at the time who was a publicist who got me the article, and then we broke up before it came out. I'm like, oh, oh can boy. you check out that line in the interview where <laughs> yeah. I said, 
oh, I have a boyfriend because I don't like him. He, we broke out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I remember. Did, didn't you also think it was just going to be like you would go on your like press tour behind it and just oh yeah, fuck I thought up people the storm. would be so excited. Yes. Yeah. No. Nah, kind no. Kind of just oh, my, comes and goes. My coming out article is called "Coming Out But Canceled" because the whole reason for doing it was I was going to have a kiss with uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson on a sitcom called "Do Not Disturb." It was him and Nisi Nash and. Um, I was playing his boyfriend, and we had, like, a brief but important kiss. Sure. Um, and I think it got canceled after two, one or two episodes, so uh-huh. my episode never aired. So then they called the article coming out and canceled. Yeah. such so a fun. Charlie Brown way to yeah. come out. So a very Carrie Bradshaw uh, <sighs> single and fabulous. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh, mine was – it was in uh, a magazine that on the cover was a shirtless representation – of the Major League Baseball player that the editor of the magazine was allegedly dating. What? Who was anonymous. And so that person wrote an article, and all the pictures were uh, just an abs model with like a like a catcher's mask. Uh. And uh, so it was all that. that was, there was like a huge multi-page spread of that. Then it was Ethan Embry with his shirt off. Um, because he was playing the uh, Reese Witherspoon's gay friend in Sweet Home Alabama, ah. and then me in my filthy kitchen after that. Ah. And that <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's moments like this where I sorry I <laughs> approach the mic. Sometimes, like I love I love that because it still makes me feel like you uh, like yeah you're subversive. Right. We're st- I'm still I'm still in the band in the marching band room in high school. Cause, yes. No, uh, yeah. Because you know what? It's fine. I'm going to be with my nerdy friends. It's not going to be the cool, slick, coming out thing Absolutely. that every that yeah that everyone else got. No, you never get to be. You know, you never have the moment of triumph, and that's no. fine. That's fine. I will sit deeply within the awkwardness. I will be comfortable sure. within the awkwardness. It's that. where you live. Uh, you got no choice. I. What was, did you have to do any coming out situation? Fuck no, no, too. No, I, I've told this story on here before, though. Now, there was a thing like in my early days when I was like really trying as an actor, there was a, a manager. I'll, I, well, the long and the short of it is that she dropped me when she found out that I was gay <sighs> and that she has gone on to be like, like, you know perceived as an ally in a way that has wow. always gotten under my skin. And that's like one person where like, she probably barely even remembers me, but that it's a thing I've always carried where I've always, I've like composed the email so many times to be like, Hey, just so you know, this is, a, this was incredibly hurtful and so fucked yeah. up. Would you ever, I mean, cause it seems like we're now in the place where like, no, you should tell, you should write a thought piece about it and people need to know. And then her, her business crumbles. Right. Uh, but I don't know what would what would Jesus do? Yeah, probably I don't, not. I'm not looking to take anyone down, but right. it gets under my skin when I catch wind that it seems like she's being oh, perceived yeah. as this great ally. champion of you know what I mean. You it's like, well, sure, you want that now. email? You want her to acknowledge? So it. mad. Yeah. Um, I will say one of my favorite moments was um, just t- on the topic of like people in back in the day trying to like find out and let you have the coming out moment, which was annoying. Like, don't make us like, I don't want to come out every single day. Uh But I remember, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I love, she, she said, we had a scene together and it was just the two of us. And we were chatting, chatting, chatting. And she's like, so what's your type? And I knew, I knew that what this 
because no one, it's, there was no gender specific mm-hmm. anything. And I remember sort of playing the game with it at first. And I was like, oh, well, you know, um, just not actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, so like, what about like a choreographer? Um, <laughs> Sarah. And, like, and so we like played the game of like non-gender specific until finally I like was like, uh, I, whatever, mentioned the word guys. Yeah. And she's like, good, because I want to set you up with... Um, I mean, it was the director, choreographer. Uh, 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 what's his name? Directed the Queen Latifah movie. Directed Hairspray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hit, not, that Kenny guy. Ortega? No. No. Uh, no. Shaman did No, the- that's the composer. Uh, I did a pilot with him. I shouldn't, why am I forgetting his <laughs> name? He did, 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 did the Queen Latifah bringing down the house movie. Uh, Adam. Uh, Adam Shankman. Shank- there we go. She was, okay. She wanted yeah, to set yeah. me up with him. Okay. Which was sweet. Yeah. Um, she did not. We didn't. I didn't get mm-hmm. set up, but I later did do a pilot with him. Oh, we didn't ever. I never. Most beautiful I also, relationship you could have. I did. <laughs> yes. It was the, just put me on a show. Uh, <laughs> did you think that it was um, uh, like, oh, I think they're actually well suited to each other, or was it like I am congratulating myself for knowing two gay men? And I'm just going to put no, I think she was generally, she was being sweet. And, okay. uh, I think she knew that he was single Good. and, um, uh, Good. cause also like, I, like she was, she was way, way more cool with the gays before I was like, she's uh-huh. like from New York, going to children's professional school, been in the business forever. Like that's, a, that's a girl whose gaydar was refined like 20 years before I met her. Yeah. Uh, yeah she was trying to give you an in. Yeah. She was trying like, to like, give me the space to be like. Not make it a big deal uh-huh. and be like, oh, I like these types of guys. I love that, though. Go yeah. ahead, Sarah Michelle Geller. Go, SMG. Um, I wasn't also, I was not like, that was not a ouch. My my foot hurts from that name you I'm so, I hope you didn't think no. I was doing that. It just popped not into We my, all know you were on Buffy. <sighs> it's okay. It's safe to drop that I'm, name. I'm sick of talking about it, aren't yeah. you? Never, um, never enough. But, but you know, I, it just was a sweet moment yeah. I remember it having. And I think it's it's different for people who are younger because you there's an element, even if you're an actor, there's an element of your career that is you being you. Mm-hmm. You're not always playing a part. Like you're you're still on Twitter and Instagram and whatever, and you're cultivating that brand of you as a person. And your sexuality can be a part of that so that you don't need to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not as necessary anymore because people are just kind of Well, I imagine you have lots own. of young cuz the young people love podcasts. Um, sure, yeah. and I imagine you guys have so many younger listeners that uh like it's not like like maybe they're coming out wasn't even coming out like people just knew or Yeah. So it is it was a very it was not long ago, but it was a very different time and and the way you had to go about doing it It was a big deal when your management or your agent knew that you were gay like Uh like everywhere you were every step along the way you're like trying to manage people's perception of you which now what you're saying it's like oh no your people's perception of you is your whole gross brand and (laughs) your whole like the way you're being seen yeah brand yeah gross i don't want to end on that I mean, <laughs> make it zany, quick, go. What's what's happening in your? What's the immediate? Are you with anybody right now? Can you host? Um, when does this air? What time of year <laughs> does this podcast? Air? Before the end of this year, will you be married? Um, no, I'm. I'm not. I. I what? I had. There was a, a gentleman. But it was a long distance thing. It's very hard to uh, date someone. 
Long distance. Well, unless the only way I think it works is if there's an end in sight. And this was not. No, and I, and I think the, oh, it's sad because he's, he's going to listen. Oh, God. No, it's just, it's hard because, like, what do you, uh, uh, what are you supposed to do? Like, you don't live in the same country. And, and we met via uh, a hook. It was the same. It's the, the mm-hmm. classic. He got lanked. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, reverse date. Yeah. Hook up first, and then like, oh, I like you. You're fun, um, but it's you know, it's just hard when someone does not live in the country, and and you don't get to see each other very often. I mean, you're not saying anything hurtful there's, right there's, now. I'm really, I find that I, I'm sort of dating my dog right now. Is that oh, that's I that weird? I'm also dating your dog. The yeah, love connection they're, that's happening between Dave and Lucy right now is has a crush on you. I love um, her. I'm just and I just got her a couple of weeks ago, so I'm kind of just like I don't want to have people over. I don't yeah. want anyone to like interrupt our time together. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not literally dating my. I just feel like she's my work wife. Yeah, um, she's who you're pouring her. your love into at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of focused on her, and also it was like not an expected. Um, like I just my other as I before we started recording my two uh, my, my two dogs have gone to live with their other father. Right. Uh, I have visitation. Don't worry, those of you who follow but my. You're co-parenting in a way that sounds like it's actually it's very healthy. I go walk them two three times a week, um, and I'm, they're now socializing with the new dog. But I, I basically I was ha- I was missing them, and I was on the L.A. animal shelters. Uh, Instagram because I'm like I don't want to go to one of those rescue groups yeah. that you like come and do a home visit and approve you I don't right. need all that work right. so I just went to the pound on their website and I saw a photo of her and I was like I will go see if that dog is there and if she's there I will take her home yeah and you did and they brought her out to meet me and I'm like uh, don't need to walk her I'm just can you wrap her up Let's. I want to take her to go yeah Oh, well done. Uh, so if anyone is looking for a dog, know that you can just go to the pound and take home a friend yeah. for the holidays. They uh, they're, due to the the wildfires, California, there's a big um, overpopulation of dogs at the at the pounds. Yeah. So, and, but if you can't take, if you can't keep one, you should foster. And, and you can you foster directly to... through LA Animal Shelter Services. Can you, I had oh, no great. idea. Yeah, no, I thought you had to go through a restaurant. Is that a good up note to end on? A perfect call to action. Tom Lank. You guys, I have officially become one of those annoying people that tells you (laughs) about pet charities. Not even a pet charity. Just go to the pound. Just go to the goddamn pound. It's the only thing I want to talk about. Other than all things Tom Lank. Tom, come back anytime. This feels like part one. By the way, I love your podcast. I support you. Thank you. I tell people to listen. We love you. Even though I don't listen to my car every day. But I'm no, learning. You need your I'm learning and growing. Yep. Yep. Tom, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, India. Mm-hmm. Thank you, terror. Thank you, disillusionment. Thank you, Providence. And thank you, Tom Lank. Thank you, Tom Lank. Uh, thank you, Dana. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you to everyone at Earwolf. Thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Oh, thank you, listener. Thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, Matt.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.